It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Vikings. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, like Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, or whatever you like. Or you can ask your smart device like Alexa, Google Home, or Siri, play podcast Locked on Vikings. It'll take you right to the most recent episode. And today we're going to spend most of the show talking about scheme, talking about the Viking scheme, why it works, why it's so popular in the NFL and its weaknesses, and maybe some of the things that the Vikings could fold in for the 2020 season to fix some of the problems that it has. And for that task. I have a very special guest coming in, Nate Tice, son of Mike Tice, uh, somebody who has coached and scouted in the NFL, uh, did last year with the AAF, and is an all-around great guy, and a great Twitter follow, too. Uh, Go follow him at Nate underscore Tice. But before we get into that, we have to talk about the Viking of the day. The Viking of the day for today is Isaac Holt. Isaac Holt was one of plenty of players who was actually drafted by two leagues in 1985, because that is when the quickly defunct USFL was going on, and I figured that that was a fun thing to bring up since the XFL starts this weekend. But nevertheless, he was drafted in the second round, though 30th overall, so in today's NFL with more teams, that would have been the first round, but he was drafted in the second round by a Vikings team in 1985 that ended up being kind of contenders through those late 80s season, including, of course, the 1987 championship season. And hey, uh, perhaps you can kind of guess where this is going. Isaac Holt, a cornerback, was a a cornerstone for the, no pun intended, for the defense that really propelled the team to be able to be kind of a consistent contender, but they had so much trouble getting over the hump, right? And they felt they needed something. And so uh, in training camp, for the 1989 season, general manager Walker Lynn approached Jimmy Johnson and said, let's talk about trading for Herschel Walker. And after some posturing and, of course, the normal negotiation, the Vikings and Cowboys walked away dealless. After all, Herschel Walker was the only pro bowler on a pretty sorry Dallas crew, and Johnson wasn't going to give him up for just anything. So it didn't take until later on in the middle of that season. The Cowboys were really struggling, the Vikings still seemed like a team that could totally contend, and so they came back to the negotiating table. The Vikings said, we're going to give you these three draft picks in the first three rounds spread out over a couple of years, that's what Jimmy Johnson really wanted, and we're also going to give you these five players, Isaac Holt being one of them, amongst Darren Nelson and others. And Jimmy Johnson said, well, I don't really want players if I don't know that they're going to work out. If I'm going to have any uncertainty, I'd rather they be draft picks. The Vikings said, okay, if you end up cutting any of these players, and we know they're good players. I mean, they were players like Isaac Holt was somebody who had been a starter on the team for years. We know they're good players, but hey, if you end up cutting them, we'll we'll throw in conditional draft picks. So if you cut that player, they'll basically turn into a draft pick. And Jimmy Johnson said, okay, that sounds fair. And so the trade was done, the deal was made, and of course it was one of the biggest deals in history. Jimmy Johnson called it the Great Train Robbery and everything like that. And of course you know how everything ended. Jimmy Johnson cuts all the players and said, okay, give me all of the conditional draft picks. And with that, he builds 
a dynasty. The only one of those players, however, that he didn't cut for conditional draft picks was Isaac Holt, who was good enough at cornerback and also under the tutelage of one Mike Zimmer to be a part of some of those Cowboys Super Bowl runs in the early 90s. And while the story of the Herschel Walker trade is something that we as Vikings fans are all intimately familiar with, it's interesting to look at it through the lens of Isaac Holt. After one of those Super Bowl seasons during training camp, an annoyed Isaac Holt asked a a member of the Cowboys staff which practices were mandatory and which were voluntary, and he was annoyed at the kind of pseudo-voluntary status of voluntary workouts in the NFL. Jimmy Johnson was annoyed at that attitude, and he called up a few teams uh, asking for a late-round pick for Isaac Holt. They all declined, and about five minutes later, he cut the cornerback. And so it's interesting with a guy like Isaac Holt, who does kind of seem to be a side character in some more legendary moments for more legendary NFL figures, but it just goes to show that in the NFL... It's not really a game of one person. It's a game of one person interacting with a lot of the pieces in the world around them, and Isaac Holt was one of those pieces. Now, before we move on to the interview with Nate Tice, which will comprise the rest of the podcast, I just want to let you all know that if you have a local business and you're looking to advertise to Minnesota Vikings fans, the kinds of people that would listen to a daily podcast about their favorite team, and especially a business in the area, because local fans love to support local businesses, you can advertise right here on this podcast, and we will make sure that you are set up for success. You hear the way that we handle advertisements on this podcast with the sincerity and intimacy that your brand deserves. So, text advertising to 33777. That's advertising to 33777. Or just go to lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and we'll get you all set up. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. All right, we are here. We have a very special guest on the line. This is Nate Tice. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, so uh, before we get into it, really quick, just tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and, you know, your relationship with football and, uh, you know, why you know what you know. (laughs) Well, kind of, uh, football is the family business a little bit, Uh, you know, especially not even just my relationship with football, but got a relationship with the Vikings, uh, uh-huh. more or less my childhood team. Uh, you know, we got pretty lucky. Uh, my dad was a coach for a long time and, uh, my uncles, I have two uncles are coaches. Uh, I got to play, uh, at university of Wisconsin and I, I would say quote unquote play, uh, I was more of a backup, <laughs> uh, 
far away backup. So those who can do and those who can't teach, uh, I kind of knew that I probably wanted to get into coaching or scouting or something. And I've been very lucky to have had some experiences with that. I was a graduate assistant at Pitt under Paul Christ and then uh, scouting assistant with the Falcons. And I did a little pro scouting there. And then I was able to be the quality control, quality control coach with Oakland Raiders on the offensive side for two years. And uh, this past year, I was with the Atlanta Legends of uh, the Alliance League, which lasted a good six months. And But it was a great ordeal. Pour one out. There. Bring it back. Yeah, it was so much fun. Uh, I mean, it was it was beautiful chaos sometimes, but it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was, it could have been a really good deal. We've got the XFL starting this week, so we'll get the spring football. But uh, yeah, I mean, the opportunities that league presented, so. But, it, you know, it's it's I've been around football basically my entire life. I was a ball boy from basically 10 years old onwards. Uh, you can see me in some of the old 2000 clips. You'll see me with a little X on myself, like trying to get out of the way of the refs. So getting yelled at by camera guys. But, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I've been a, been a lot of Vikings games in my life. <laughs> I've been that camera guy. Um, OK, <laughs> so the uh, so what I really want to get into today is with the Viking scheme that they have right now, because they are basically, they, their coaching decisions have made a declaration that they're going to pretty much run back the same scheme, the wide zone. And the listeners already know the basics of it, that it's, you know, lateral, you know, bucket step run plays, outside zone run plays, and then play action passes that are based off of those looks. So we don't need to get into that. But really quick, can you just tell me the strengths of the wide zone, the Kubiak slash Shanahan scheme that everybody's running nowadays and just like speculate like why it's so popular right now. I mean, the Rams and the the Packers and the 49ers and the Vikings and the Titans, you know, teams that went deep in the playoffs are all running this scheme. So why is it like taking over? It's so a lot of uh, run schemes, the typical run passes, you want to run the ball when there's a two high safeties or a light box and throw the ball when it's a, it's a uh, heavy box. And, What's great about the outside zone scheme is is you can run it against any front, especially if you're in a 12 or 21 personnel with two tight ends or a fullback. You can run it against any front. Like you don't have to be predictable and say, hey, they're going to load the box and we're going to throw it. So it's it's almost kind of reverted back where um, you really, and not just taking away from the quarterbacks that run it, but you know, you don't need an elite quarterback to have a good offense with it. So you can have a, you can just run it, run. If you have a great quarterback and you can see what happens when you have the 2016 Falcons, you know, you can take it to that next level. But if you just have an above average to good quarterback, you can have a great offense with it. So it's, it's a run it, run is kind of the term I use is you run it against anything. There's only a few runs that you can do that. And no matter what the front is, no matter if it's a pressure. Yeah. There are some looks that are more ideal than others, but it is a, it's a, no matter what, you can just kind of rep the same thing over and over. And as defenses, especially when Seattle's defense uh, and in the 2010s, the cover three stuff, the three match stuff, and what Bengals are running with, uh, actually with Zimmer uh, a little bit, as their defensive coordinator kind of became more prevalent because of the hand check rules and though or illegal contact rules and offenses are starting to realize stuff they could do. And that was more so against when cover two was popular. It's so, just so funny how much trends just happen and the counters to the trends. So also it's like a constant are, back and forth. It's awesome. Back and forth. And it just swings back and forth. So it's kind of funny. And all of a sudden, these defenses are loading the box. They're putting that was they're running cover three or man every single play and putting eight in the box. And all of a sudden, teams are trying to pass against it. And that's what they wanted you to do. They're, they're willing to let you throw these 
50-50 go balls, which were more 70-30 go balls for the defense. And they were like, okay, you'll complete one, but you're going to throw incompletions on five, and now it's third and 10. So, okay, cool. We're fine with that. And we'll just run a blitz at you. And great, you're off the field, and our offense is on the field. And so it's kind of teams are looking for runs that they can run no matter what the front is. So it's kind of even with these five-man fronts that were created by these Seattle defenses, they're like, okay, well, that's cool. We're still going to run outside zone on you. And guess what? That's a run we've practiced a thousand times now. So we're going to hit one of these. And that's just kind of, it's the swing back. It's the answer to these three match teams that have become more and more common. And now this year, all of a sudden, now you're seeing more quarters. So it's just, okay, so now it's starting to trickle back. And so we'll see what happens next year when we're getting the counters to the counters to the counters. You're going to see like a Joe Montana West Coast. Yeah, exactly. I know that's um, it. It's coming. I'm telling you. So with <laughs> counters to this this wide zone, you know, Shanahan scheme, um, that kind of brings me to the next part of this conversation, which is what happened to the Vikings. And that is something that, again, we've talked about quite a bit on this show, but I would love to hear your explanation of it, of especially with the Packers who essentially sent, you know, whoever their backside defensive end was, they basically just said, go at the quarterback, no matter what the play is. And that really shut down the Vikings. So when a team does that and you run a wide zone, what are your options? And you got to be able to drop back and pass. And that's what, you know, uh, Jim Schwartz was big on the wide nine and he started coming up with it in Detroit to combat the first time the Vikings were running some zone stuff with Peterson and the, and uh, there's other teams in the NFC North at the time that were doing it. And it was, it's a known counter to, okay, we're going to screw this. We're not going to let any more bootlegs happen, any more nakeds happen. We're just going to hit the quarterback or run right at the quarterback and take that out. And so that's what they're trying to do is keep, that's always been the weakness of a, I would say, quote unquote, weakness of a Shanahan offense is and they're willing, they, they'll admit it too. is they're not going to want to drop back and pass 30, 40 times a game. And so maybe their stuff isn't as uh, complex as, say, a Sean Payton offense or, you know, the other offense that have been come up over the years, which is fine. I mean, it's there's a million ways to skin a cat in football. That's why it's so beautiful. But it's it's one of those things where they're making you drop back and pass. And that is what the next step has to be. You have to be willing to run stuff. That's not just stick. That's just not these basic day one, what I call a day one or day two install concept. You have to have some designer pass plays um, or at least change up the look and go to empty and throw it out of empty, just something to kind of keep them from pinning their ears back every time. And it's it's, them question what they think is coming. Yes. Yes. And also, um, you know, you can wear out a defense, not only just with nakeds and bootlegs and draws and screens, you can wear them out by a little uh, five-step drop or a gun catch and throw. And that wears out a defend a D line too. And all of a sudden the guy that, that wide nine, who's been, he's geared up and he has his ears pinned back 30 times. All of a sudden it's like, all right, screw this. I'm, I'm done getting cut. I'm done. Uh, like, gearing up for three steps and also the balls out like that wears down the defense too. So that's the next step with it. And as you kind of get more, everyone on the offense gets more comfortable with the run game and the bootlegs and stuff. It's like, okay, everyone knows the stuff. We, if we have continuity, everyone knows this. Okay. Well now let's get back to the drop back, drop back game. And I think that's where, you know, an offense like the 2016 Falcons were able to take, I mean, that is an extreme example, but they were able to go into no huddle. They were able to, you know, not, it was just kind of a hanging huddle. They would go into it for three, four series in the game and not let these defenses 
dictate what they want to do. They were able to kind of uh, keep them on the ropes the whole game. Yeah, that's how the Vikings came back against the Broncos uh, in in the 2019 season. Um, so I want to talk to you more about the weak, weaknesses of wide zone and especially kind of how the, the Vikings can, you know, pull out of the funk that the 49ers and the Packers put them in. Uh, but we do have to step away for a sec, so we'll get into that when we come back. Okay, we are back. This is Locked on Vikings with Nate Tice at Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. I'm Luke Braun. So, Nate, we just talked a lot about the kind of general generalities of, of the wide zone. But with the Vikings specifically, you know, they kind of did, they took the suggestion you just mentioned, which was they kind of used more bootleg and screen and, uh, you know, kind of quicker stuff, swing passes, and just trying to get that that defensive end to, you know, give up like you said they used a lot of draw plays they had a lot of success with draw plays down this down the the stretch um but when it came to the playoff game against the san francisco 49ers they the 49ers were able to stop that as well they just were pretty good against the screens and from there the vikings completely ran out of juice if you stop the rollout and you stop the screen you could stop the vikings and the bucket just has to be deeper than that it just has to be harder than that to completely shut down the offense. So if you are in the room when the Vikings are brainstorming the new stuff that they're going to fold in, you know, they've got a very nice uh, amount of continuity. It's the same quarterback, same skill players, mostly the same offensive line, the same coaching staff outside of Stefanski, but they're not changing any terminology or any of the scheme. So they can really afford to install new stuff. And so my question to you is, what would you advise that new stuff actually be? Well, and that's the thing. It's going to be, I'm going to be talking on both sides of my mouth is the, they need to keep progressing with the offensive line. And that's, that's some of the, uh, I wouldn't say again, I wouldn't say weakness, but maybe a drawback of prioritizing or, uh, or majoring and being an outside zone team is you're going with the athletic fast lineman. And the thing with an athletic fast lineman is they Chris can get Jones pushed back. <laughs> yes. Yes. They can get pushed back. And we saw it a little bit, you know, in the Super Bowl um, when you don't have those top tier guys. And trust me, they don't grow on trees. So but that's why you spent a first rounder on a center like like they did, you know, and having offensive line will just will shore up so many weaknesses. I mean, you can scheme all you want, but if your right guard's losing every single snap, it's kind of it's going to be a little hard. But I think I think, you know, they got to just continue evolving their their drop back pass game. I mean, they have to have more aces in the hole, um, more cards to play with when they come to the table. Like they just have to, it's just, it's one of those things where it's great when you can say ahead of the sticks, like their whole off, their whole team philosophy is we're going to be in close games. So we're going to be able to run the ball as much as we want, which is great. But sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you have two dumb fumbles and you're down 10 in the fourth, or, you know, you're in a hole. And you're going to have to drop back. And then that's yeah. where that's where the interior, you know, they got to hold up too. But they, as an offensive uh, uh, staff, you have to realize your weaknesses. Okay, so now we're dropping back. How are we going to help out player X that might be struggling on the inside or outside? And that's, um, I've tweeted a few, t- a few things from Sunday um, about what like Andy Reid did. You know, they want to go five wide or even, you know, they want to run five, five man protection, let Mahomes go to work. And they have so much speed that they're able to run more vertical concepts with essentially quick game timing, which is just it's bonkers. You can't emulate that. But 
the 49ers D line was kicking their butts. I mean, it was just happy. I mean, it was, there's some back and forth, but over time it was Nick Bosa was getting in there and they couldn't get, you know, Mahomes couldn't even get set up. So what, what did Reed do? He offered ch- chip help for his tackles. He had one guy, uh, he had his running backs going through the B gap, just shoring up any kind of, just kind of making the rushers again, just kind of hesitate before they rush. It, it sucks getting just, just get enough time to get your concepts off. Yes, exactly. So, and that's where the next step has to come. You have to be willing to admit, Hey, our guys aren't shoring up or the concepts that we want to run. Okay. What will help our guys? Like, will it, you know, you can't no, no, not many teams can drop back 20 straight times and be good at it. There's it's, it's, it's teams can do it, but that's not what the Vikings want to do. Uh, so, so let's, let's say hypothetically, that the Vikings hit on a guard in the draft and Garrett Bradbury has a much better sophomore year than his rookie year and that the line is like suddenly is actually pretty good. Who knows if that'll happen, but let's just say uh, if you were given that as, you know, uh, something you could rely on, what kind of things would you run for like, you know, you're talking about like a, a drop, you have to fold in more drop pass, drop back pass stuff. Yeah. What I would love to know is what that stuff actually is and what it looks like. You know, don't be afraid to get into the weeds a little bit here. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So, you know, some of the past stuff that's really kind of come prevalent because you're facing so much man and cover three is a lot more of the four strong concepts. And that actually works with some of what the stuff the Vikings want to do. And so what's, gonna, a, what's a four strong concept? So a four strong concept is a kind of what it sounds like. So most, most uh, past concepts will have. Uh, maybe an X receiver and a running back to one side and then a tight end, two receivers to the other side. Or if you're in a 12, two tight end set, you know, your two tight ends and receiver or a balance two by two. So four strong, if you ever watch the chiefs, they'll do it 20 times a game is they'll have the back going to a three receiver side. So they're, they're building a four by one and why that is becoming more common is, or becoming kind of the new trend. It's not, I shouldn't say new trend, but more, more of a popular thing is that these match teams are it's basically they're matching defense off number count as opposed to a guy and i'm I'm totally kind of putting in a bucket here but you know there's more to it than that but you can overwhelm a defense when all of a sudden you send a speed motion and all of a sudden these guys have to go wait am i on three am i on two am i you know it's all of a sudden you're overwhelming count one more and suddenly it gets really hard to think about fast and it just could take one and if you're hitting it with speed it just takes one guy to screw up or just hesitate and that's what you have to get to and it actually ties in with even if they're in 12 personnel like or 21 personnel like the vikings like to do that actually helps sometimes because you're facing more base defenses and base defenses being more linebackers on the field and you're making linebackers do advanced coverage stuff. Yes. And all of a sudden these linebackers are getting to wait, hold on. What, what, wait, I'm not used to a fullback flying up the seam, you know, and that's what the Vikings have. They have some, I mean, uh, ham, you know, it's more of a plugger type, but you know, they have the Irv Smith types who can stretch the field from the tight end position. And that'll put, that can put defenses in such a bind is that, okay, also I'm facing an eye formation and, into the boundary and all of a sudden the tight ends going up the seam, you're running the fullback fullbacks, basically running a go and the outside receivers running a go and the running backs on a swing. So all of a sudden you, even if it just gets to the swing route, those usually go for eight to 10 yards. So like, and then that's just one concept I'm thinking in my head, a, a concept called all go FX or FX seam. And, but there's other ones like spacing, which is a pretty fairly common concept, but they can dress it up with the formations that they run. And, but all those are four strong concepts. They can get the bunch, you know, they can get to these hit, uh, wing sets that they like to do. And it all ties into what they have. They just have to be willing to do five man protections. That is the drawback to it. 
<laughs> but you're but you're saying you have to have a hot throw. And if you do it enough, the quarterback also knows the looks and that balls out quick anyways. So if that's the drawback to running a four strong concept is, hey, the back out, you, you got to hope that the line, the quarterback has to be a quick processor. And yeah, you're, you're vulnerable to if, if the line messes up, the whole thing yep. can completely oh, fall apart. Yep, fall apart. But, you know, it's the what they no uh, no risk it, no biscuit kind of thing. Like, you know, you can't be dropping back and run seven man protections every play. It's just that that's what defenses want you. To unless do. you're North Unless you're North Turner. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he's but he's been running it for years. So he actually knows what he's looking for. <laughs> so it's but that's what that is what the that's the kind of next step you have to do. You have to be willing to run five man from an unusual formations, like an eye formation or a bunch or a hip or any of those kind of uh, base sets, I should say. So uh, I, I think we're running out of time here, but one last thing before I let you go. Um, and this is something that I don't know if I'm just like a crazy mad scientist in the lab or if there's actually something to this idea, but considering that the things that the Vikings are doing, you know, the league is kind of adapting to take advantage of the things that the Vikings are doing and that's going to keep happening. And so there's going to have to be another evolution of the Vikings defense, probably at some point in 2020, my pitch for what that should be is the 49ers wide nine. I think they have the personnel for it. And I think it counters a lot of the things that are going on in their conference and in their division. But I want to get your take on that. Can the Vikings run the wide nine or am I like just, crazy whipping stuff up that totally is unrealistic no you're, you're absolutely right i mean they definitely have the dudes to do it uh and all it is is just a a moving a guy wider i mean literally that it says it it says what it says on the tin can like it <laughs> is just moving him wider like that's all it is it's a yard wider and then what that does is you're changing the angles uh for the for the tight end or tackle that has to reach him so all of a sudden that even in and if you're having a plus player do it it makes it even better but also in that tackle or tight end can't reach that block and they can't get to the double teams run games, all about angles and getting hat on a hat. All of a sudden that tight end has to win one-on-one against a Daniel Hunter. And, and there's not many tight ends that are going to win one-on-one against Daniel Hunter over and over and over. So it is something that just, it takes away the angles and it crashes it down and a team really good at the y, or the outside zone stuff like San Francisco, they'll know the counters to it. But then that's where if you measure in a wide nine, you know the counters to it as well. And so, again, it gets back into the chess match stuff. But that, yeah, absolutely, I think they can. You know, you're just bumping a guy wider. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and, and if it asks, you know, a linebacker to line up in the box more often, yeah. even if they have weird coverage landmarks to get to, Vikings already ask Kendricks and Barr to do that kind of stuff absolutely. all the time. That's what helps when you have athletes all over the field. Right. And that's that's kind of the philosophy. Nate, yep. thank you so much for, for coming and hanging out and getting deep into the weeds of scheme with me. This was really fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Vikings. This will be it for the week. We will be back next week with something very special and fun. Can't wait to show it to you. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts or just ask your smart device to play podcast Locked On Vikings. I will see you all on Monday. And as always, Skull. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.